it's untrue. You lie, screamed the frightened men. We were not responsible, Palamo faced the group of leading citizens. Behind the overdressed merchant were his three colleagues, those who had earlier met Elric and Moonglum in the tavern. One of the accusing citizens pointed a chubby finger towards the north in Nykorn's palace. So Nykorn was an enemy of all other traders in Bakshan, that I accept, but now a horde of bloody-handed reavers attack his castle with the aid of demons, and Elric of Malnibane leads them. You know that you were responsible, the gossips all over the city. You employed Elric, and this is what has happened. But we didn't know he would go to such lengths to kill Nykorn. Fat Tomriel wrung his hands, his face aggrieved and afraid. You are wronging us, we only... We're wronging you, Ferrat, spokesman for his fellow citizens, was thick-lipped and florid. He waved his hands in angry desperation. When Elric and his jackals are done with Nykorn, they'll come to the city. Fool, that is what the albino sorcerer planned to begin with. He was only mocking you, for you provided him with an excuse. Armed men we can fight, but not foul sorcery. Well, what shall we do? Bakshan will be raised within the day. Tomriel turned on Palamo. Or oh, this was your idea. You think of a plan. Palamo stuttered. We we could pay a ransom, bribe them, give them enough money to satisfy them. Oh, and who shall give them this money? asked Ferrat. Again the argument began. Elric looked with distaste at Thelab Khanna's broken corpse. He turned away and faced a blanche-featured moonglum who said hoarsely, That's in a way now, Elric. Yashana awaits you in Bakshan as she promised. You must keep your end of the bargain I made for you. Elric nodded wearily. Aye, the Imridians seem to have taken the castle by the sound of it. We'll leave them to their spoiling and get out while we may. Will you allow me a few moments here alone? The sword rejects the soul. Moonglum sighed thankfully. I'll join you in the courtyard within the quarter hour. I wish to claim some measure of the spoils. He left, clattering down the stairs while Elric remained standing over the enemy's body. He spread out his arms, the sword dripping blood still in his hand. Divim Tvar, he cried. You and your countrymen have been avenged. Then any evil one who holds the soul of Divim Tvar, release it now and take instead the soul of Thelab Khanna. Within the room, something invisible and intangible, but sensed all the same, flowed and hovered over the sprawled body of Thelab Khanna. Elric looked out of the window and thought he heard the beating of dragon wings, smelled the acrid breath of dragons. Saw a shape winging across the dawn sky, bearing Divim Tvar, the dragon master, away. Elric half smiled. The gods of Malnubane protect thee wherever thou art, he said quietly, turned away from the carnage, leaving the room. On the stairway he met Nikorn of Ilmar. The merchant's rugged face was full of anger. He trembled with rage. There was a big sword in his hand. So I found you, he said. I gave you your life and you have done this to me. Elric said tiredly. It was to be. But I gave my word that I would not take your life and believe me I would not, Nikorn, even had I not pledged my word. Nikorn 
stood two steps from the door, blocking the exit. Then I'll take yours. Come, engage. He moved out into the courtyard, half stumbled over an Ribberian corpse, righted himself and waited, glowering for Elric to emerge. Elric did so, his rune sword sheathed. No. Defend yourself, wolf. Automatically, the albino's right hand crossed to his sword hilt, but he still did not unsheath it. Nikorn cursed and aimed a well-timed blow which barely missed the white-faced sorcerer. He skipped back and now he tugged out Stormbringer, still reluctant and stood poised and wary, waiting for the Barkshanite's next move. Elric intended simply to disarm Nikorn. He did not want to kill or maim this brave man who had spared him when he had been entirely at the other's mercy. Nikorn swung another powerful stroke at Elric and the albino parried. Stormbringer was moaning softly, shuddering and pulsating. Metal clanged, and then the fight was on in full earnest as Nikorn's rage turned to calm, possessed fury. Elric was forced to defend himself with all his skill and power. Though older than the albino and a city merchant, Nikorn was a superb swordsman. His speed was fantastic, and at times Elric was not on the defensive, only because he desired it. Something was happening to the rune blade. It was twisting in Elric's hand and forcing him to make a counterattack. Nikorn backed away, a light akin to fear in his eyes as he realised the potency of Elric's hell-forged steel. The merchant fought grimly, and Elric did not fight at all. He felt entirely in the power of the whining sword which hacked and cut at Nikorn's guard. Stormbringer suddenly shifted in Elric's hand. Nikorn screamed. The rune sword left Elric's grasp and plunged on its own accord towards the heart of his opponent. No, Elric tried to catch hold of his blade, but could not. Stormbringer plunged into Nikorn's great heart and wailed in demoniac triumph. No, Elric got hold of the hilt and tried to pull it from Nikorn. The merchant shrieked in hell-brought agony. He should have been dead. He still half-lived. It's taking me. The thrice damned thing is taking me. Nikorn gurgled horribly, clutching at the black steel with hands turned to claws. Stop it, Elric, I beg you, please. Elric tried again to tug the blade from Nikorn's heart. He could not. It was rooted in flesh, sinew and vitals. It moaned greedily, drinking into it all that was the being of Nikorn of Ilmar. It sucked the life force from the dying man, and all the while its voice was soft and disgustingly sensuous. Still Elric struggled to pull the sword free. It was impossible. Damn you, he moaned. This man was almost my friend. I gave my word not to kill him. But Stormbringer, though sentient, could not hear its master. Nikorn shrieked once more, the shriek dying to a low, lost whimper. Then his body died. It died, and the soul stuff of Nikorn joined the souls of the countless others, friends, kin and enemies, who had gone to feed that which fed Elric of Melnibane. Elric sobbed. Why is this curse upon me? He collapsed to the ground in the dirt and the blood. 
Minutes later, Moonglum came by his friend, lying face downward. He grasped Elric by his shoulder and turned him. He shuddered when he saw the albino's agony-wracked face. What happened? Elric raised himself on one elbow and pointed to where Nikorn's body lay a few feet away. Another Moonglum. Curse this blade. Moonglum said uncomfortably. He would have killed you, no doubt. Do not think about it. Many a word's been broken through no fault of he who gave it. Come, my friend, Yishana awaits us in the tavern of the Purple Dove. Elric struggled upright and began to walk slowly towards the battered gates of the palace where horses awaited them. As they rode for Bakshan, not knowing what was troubling the people of that city, Elric tapped Stormbringer which hung once more at his side. His eyes were hard and moody, turned inwards on his own feelings. Be wary of this devil blade, Moonglum. It kills the foe, but favours the blood of friends and kinfolk most. Moonglum shook his head quickly as if to clear it, and looked away. He said nothing. Elric made as if to speak again, but then changed his mind. He needed to talk then. But there was nothing to say. Palamo scowled. He stared, hurt-faced, as his slaves struggled with his chests of treasure, lugging them out to pile them in the street beside his great house. In other parts of the city, Palamo's three colleagues were also in various stages of heartbreak. Their treasure, too, was being dealt with in a like manner. The burghers of Bakshan had decided who was to pay any possible ransom. And then a ragged citizen was shambling down the street, pointing behind them and shouting, The albino and his companion at the north gate! The burghers who stood near to Palamo exchanged glances. Farrat swallowed. He said, Elric comes to bargain. Quick, open the treasure chests and tell the city guard to admit him. One of the citizens scurried off. Within a few minutes, while Farrat and the rest were frantic, worked frantically to expose Palamo's treasure to the gaze of the approaching albino, Elric was galloping up the street, moonglum beside him. Both men were expressionless. They knew enough not to show their puzzlement. What's this? Elric said, casting a look at Palamo. Farat cringed. Treasure, he whined. Yours, Lord Elric, for you and your men. There's much more. No need to use sorcery. No need for your men to attack us. The treasure here is fabulous. Its value enormous. Will you take it and leave the city in peace? Moonglum almost smiled, but controlled his features. Elric said coolly, It will do. I accept it. Make sure this and the rest is delivered to my men at Nikorn's castle, or we'll be roasting you and your friends over open fires by the morrow. Farat coughed suddenly, trembling. As you say, Lord Elric, it shall be delivered. The two men wheeled their horses in the direction of the tavern of the Purple Dove. When they were out of earshot, Moonglum said, From what I gathered back there, it's Master Palamo and his friends who are paying that unasked-for toll. Elric was incapable of any real humour, but he half-chuckled. Aye, I'd planned to rob them from the start. 
and now their own fellows have done it for us. On our way back we shall take our pick of the spoils. He rode on and reached the tavern. Yashana was waiting there, nervously dressed for travelling. When she saw Elric's face she sighed with satisfaction and smiled silkily. So Thaleb Kana is dead, she said. Now we can resume our uninterrupted relationship, Elric. The albino nodded. That was my part of the bargain. You kept yours when you helped Moonglum to get my sword back for me. He showed no emotion. She embraced him, but he drew back. Later, he murmured. But that is one promise I shall not break, Yashana. He helped the puzzled woman mount her waiting horse. They rode back towards Palamo's house. She asked, And what of Nikorn? Is he safe? I liked that man. He died. Oryx's voice was strained. How? she asked. Because like all merchants, Oryx answered, he bargained too hard. There was an unnatural silence among the three as they made their horses speed faster towards the gates of Bakshan. And Elric did not stop when the others did to take their pick of Palamo's riches. He rode on unseeing, and the others had to spur their steeds in order to keep up with him, two miles beyond the city. Over Bakshan, no breeze stirred in the gardens of the rich. No wind came to blow cool on the sweating faces of the poor. Only the sun blazed in the heavens, round and red. And a shadow, shaped like a dragon, moved across at once, and then was gone. <laughs>